Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Dirt Show. I'm uh, dressed up a little today because I have to be at a court hearing uh, a little before 6 o'clock. So the show is going to be five minutes short today. I'll talk fast. Um, we're going to talk today about uh, recent developments, including the last few hours, relating to the race for president of the United States in uh, the year 2024. Uh, um, Governor Ron DeSantis uh, has put in his papers uh, to run for president, uh, and he will be having a uh, Twitter event um, with uh, Elon Musk um, to announce and whatever else he wants to say about running for um, uh, president. Now, I'm not a political pundit, and so normally I don't talk about you know politics as such. Normally, I at least talk about some aspects of the law, even though law and politics often merge. But today, I kind of feel a special competence to talk about uh, the Republican field and and of course uh, President Joe Biden because I know them all um, I have you know personal familiarity with virtually each of them and I'll, I'll go over them so so you know what what my basis is um, as you know Ron DeSantis went to Harvard and Yale and has all the Ivy League credentials and when he was elected governor a mutual friend of ours invited my wife and me to have dinner with him and his wife in their home and Miami Beach. And we did. We spent a wonderful evening. Uh, He had just been elected and he was uh, talking to us, knowing that we're liberal Democrats, about what he planned to do for education and for the environment. Uh, He seemed at that time to us to be like a kind of moderate centrist Republican. Obviously, people on the right would call him a rhino. Um, But um, no, he, he clearly had Republican economic policies, foreign policies. He was a very, very strong supporter of Israel in, in, in the Middle East. Uh, we talked about that as, as well. And my wife, who is slightly more to the left, perhaps, than I am, um, and more critical, generally, of uh, political figures, liked him. And we certainly liked his, his wife, who... You know, eventually was diagnosed with cancer and she's been battling battling that but we we really liked them we thought they were potentially you know future uh, president and first lady of the united states um, since that time a number of things have happened which has caused certainly my wife um to have second thoughts um some of his uh, approaches to education um turning a college which had been a kind of centrist liberal college into a right-wing religious college. Um, Some of the things he did in terms of COVID, which were controversial. Some people liked it, some people didn't. In fact, um, Florida's had a tremendous increase in population 
under DeSantis's governorship, and, and part of it was uh, attributable to opening up uh, Florida earlier than some other states uh, in relation to the COVID um, threat. Um, the whole um, don't say gay, which of course is a misnomer. Nobody ever said you can't say gay. Um, it was an interesting and, and, and controversial issue that he was in the forefront of, uh, basically that young children should not be necessarily taught about the specifics of sex, whether it be homosexual or, or heterosexual. I agree, with, I agree with that. As you know, my view is that none of this belongs in the school. It belongs in the home, the church, the synagogue, um, you know, other other private places we can go for after school training, but schools should be teaching basic fundamental subjects, not politics and not not religion. Obviously, the Disney controversy, which seemed like uh, an unforced error, a self-inflicted wound um, um, by DeSantis, he's not winning that fight, and he didn't have to take it on. Uh, yeah, Disney disagreed with him. Uh, about policies regarding uh, uh, teaching about gays in the school. He could have fought them on the merits, but, you know, he played hardball and they played hardball. Don't think he came out all, all, all that well. But he's going to be a strong candidate. He's only, I think, 44 years old. He's very vital and vibrant and uh, well-spoken. Um, and um, I think he has uh, 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 great popularity. You know, he barely won his first term as governor, and you know he was very fortunate there because the man who was running against was caught in a compromising situation. Um, but then he won second term, I may have this confused, but I think that's right, by, I may have that confused, it may have been the second term, not the first term, but any event, he won the second term, I take back what I said previously, but he won the second term, by, I think by 19 points, um, Maybe that was the one where the, they had the compromise candidate. In any event, in the last election, he did better than virtually any Republican gubernatorial candidate. So, so you know, he'll be a strong, he'll be a strong uh, candidate. We'll talk in a minute about whether anybody can be Trump. And as the field gets more and more crowded, does that give Trump an advantage? Uh, the more, the merrier for Trump. But... Um, Let's turn to some of the other uh, uh, candidates just just for a minute. The Mike Pompeo is is going to run. Mike was my student. Uh, I like Mike. Um, uh, we worked together when he was Secretary of State. As you know, I consulted with the White House on issues regarding uh, the Middle East and um, other issues uh, of that kind. And of course, Mike, being the Secretary of State, was uh, central to some of those uh, decisions that were made by the Trump administration, many of which I favor. I think his Middle East policy was better than his predecessor's Middle East policy. So, um, you know, I, 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 su I su support that. So uh, Mike Pompeo is a brilliant guy, I think a nice guy, um, and will, you know, present himself very powerfully, he has very good experience, um, CIA experience, Secretary of State, domestic as a member of Congress. He really has all the boxes checked. Uh, and so um, I think he can present a, a strong, a strong uh, candidacy. Um, so let's turn then to uh, Nikki Haley, who I also uh, know. Um, uh, 
um, I was uh, very supportive of her and met with her when she was uh, U.S. representative uh, to the United Nations, where she did a, a wonderful uh, job. Then when she left that, I was asked to conduct a, a Q&A with her on the stage for an hour um, in uh, Miami, Florida, for a fundraiser for the Magain David Adom, the, the Jewish red, the equivalent of the Red Cross, the Red Star of David. And um, uh, she and I conversed. We talked a lot about politics. We talked a lot about the United Nations. And we spent time together both before and after dinner. And I came away very positively impressed. She comes from South Carolina, which is where my wife comes from. We're back going down and visiting um, uh, soon. Uh, we're going to the Spoleto Festival, which is this wonderful art music festival in Charleston, South Carolina. And, um, you know, it's just a wonderful place. Uh, uh, great, great food. It's the oldest uh, continuing uh, synagogue in, in the United States. Um, many other important uh, sites, um, the start of the Confederate War, uh, the Confederate attack on the North, and, and obvious many, many other historic sites. It's also just a beautiful, beautiful city. Well, uh, Nikki Haley comes from there. She was an effective governor. She has a good story in terms of her background, the daughter of immigrant uh, parents. Uh, from India, uh, who made it to the very, very top, being the governor of one of our states. Um, from that background, it's, you know, the story of why immigration is so important to America. So I think she'll, she'll, do, she'll do well. Um, Mike Pence, the former vice president, is a kind of one, one horse person. Uh, he, um, he'll run on having done the right thing uh, in January, on January 6th, having not been frightened by the crowd, and having counted the votes as he was supposed to do under the Constitution. That's going to be his issue. He is going to try to separate himself out from Donald Trump, but he was Donald Trump's vice president. And so the degree of separations will be, will be a matter of, of degree. But, um, but um, he's, I think, not going to do that well because he's a one-issue candidate. Uh, Chris Christie hasn't announced yet, but uh, he'll probably uh, do that uh, fairly soon. He's a very, very smart guy um, and very, I think, decent guy. You know, he has a few um, uh, issues. Um, closing the George Washington Bridge was not his finest uh, hour diverting traffic to get even with a, uh, a mayor. Uh, that had uh, gone against him. Um, but he's uh, very, very smart and um, I think charismatic. Um, I know him. Uh, we've been on um, events together, TV shows together. I like him as a person. I like all the people that are, uh, that are uh, running. Um, and um, um, I, I think that some of them could put up a very strong fight against uh, uh, President Biden, largely because they're very young. DeSantis, as I said, middle 40s, uh, Mike Pompeo, not much older, Nikki Haley, not much older, Chris Christie, probably a little older, but, um, you know, they're all uh, young compared to the two candidates who are likely uh, uh, to run, and youth does matter. Um, and I do think that you know, my first election was John Kennedy, who was very young, running against an older 
um, person, and he basically ran on I'm the future, he's the past, won a very close election, very close election, where there were some questionable issues in that election, as well as there were in the election of 2000, uh, as well, Bush versus Gore. Um, so uh, though that's the re Republican field. Now, it, it may all be influenced by something that happened in the last couple of days as well. And that is uh, President Trump's lawyers have um, gone to see the relevant people in the Justice Department um, to talk about uh, the investigation. That generally is a sign that somebody has told Trump's lawyers that he is either a subject or a target of a criminal investigation. Let me explain the difference. A target, when you've been told you're a target of a criminal investigation, that's basically a message that unless you can talk us out of it, unless you can show us evidence to the contrary, we will indict you. That is a target. The decision has been made subject to discussions with lawyers, maybe motions of the kinds of things. And, uh, presentation of evidence that you will be indicted. Tar target is a prelude to indictment generally. Subject means there's an investigation. You're part of it. Uh, we haven't made a decision yet who we're going to indict, or we have made a decision, and we haven't made a decision about you. And so we don't know whether he was told he was a subject or a target or nothing at all. Uh, we don't know for sure who initiated the meetings, but generally those meetings are initiated by Defense counsel, I know I've been there. I've initiated uh, such meetings and uh, they have been successful in some instances. Uh, I have represented a good number of people who were under investigation and ultimately did not get uh, indicted. Obviously, I've also represented people who did get indicted, some were convicted, some were acquitted. And in many of my cases, they were reversed on appeal um, because I'm mostly an appellate lawyer. But um, it is very possible that Trump will be indicted uh, for one of the matters that special counsel has been investigated to look at. That is January 6th and the possession of classified material. The possession of classified material will be very hard, very, very, very hard to prove, particularly if Trump says, as apparently there's indication he might, that he declassified the material before he left the office. The government will probably have the burden of proving that he didn't, and that's going to be hard to do. I think the government is probably also looking to see if they can make an obstruction of justice charge. Uh, that is a charge that relates not to the possession of the classified material, but the cover-up. Uh, they always get you the cover-up as the uh, expression wrong, in my view, often, but as the expression goes. So, um, uh, there is a, a strong possibility, and when you consider the, the Georgia case, the D.C. case, and the Florida case, that there may very well be uh, at least one uh, indictment. And that could change the nature of the race, because unlike in a civil case, a criminal defendant has to be at the trial. And if there's a trial and it's before the election, um, campaigning is going to be a little difficult when he's sitting in the dock um, and uh, having to make hard decisions like whether to testify. Uh, or, or not. So the dynamic may change between now and March when his trial in New York is, is scheduled now to begin. So there's a lot of moving parts uh, here. Um, you know, I also know President Biden. I've known him since 1980. Um, I have a good relationship 
with him. He's been very nice to me, said very nice things about me. I haven't been in touch with him um, since he's been president. Um, last time I saw him was, I think, at my grandson's graduation from Harvard, where he was the guest speaker. And we spent a little bit of time together and I have a nice picture of him with my grandson. And he congratulated my grandson when he got into Harvard. So I, I like uh, Joe Biden. I think he's a, a nice man and a decent man. I do not know uh, Kamala Harris. She's the only person that's now in a position of prominence, person who very well may be a future president of the United States for lots of possible reasons. Number one, if God forbid um, um, uh, Joe Biden were to die in office, obviously uh, Kamala Harris would replace him. But even if he lives through his term and his next term, if he's reelected, She's an obvious candidate to uh, get the 2028 uh, nomination. I'll be 90 years old at that time, so I, I hope I'll recognize her and be able to uh, vote uh, whichever way I think is appropriate uh, at the age of 90. So that's the, the picture. That's the lay of the land. Um, I leave it to you. Write me letters. How you think this is going to come out? I just wanted to share with you my assessment. I'm not telling you who who to vote for. My wife tells me who to vote for, but I'm not telling you who to vote for. Let's spend just a few minutes on questions. And then I have to be in court um, presenting uh, a matter um, uh, before six uh, o'clock my time. Okay. Uh, uh, The last A in Shazam is Achilles. I had guessed Apollo, uh, but I don't think it's Athena. Five out of six. Pretty good. 70 years later, pretty awesome. I loved the first Shazam movie a few years ago. I didn't like it. Um, But, um, you know, yeah, it's 70 years since I read uh, Marvel Comics with Billy Batson and Freddie Freeman. Remember Freddie Freeman? He was the guy who walked with a a, a cane, I think, or uh, he, he was physically disabled. And then uh, Mary, Mary Batson, uh, Mary Marvel Jr. Those were great days, great characters. And I always thought they were more interesting than Superman, but people have a different view. I got a lot of letters about natural law saying, I don't understand natural law. No, no, no. Natural law isn't just um, whatever nature says we do. Natural law is that human beings are endowed with a kind of natural sense of justice and right and wrong. And Jefferson said that. Well, it's just not right. When Jefferson said it, he was having sex with his slaves and he was selling slaves in order to buy more wine. And and he would say slavery was natural. He was actually not a supporter of slavery, but he was a practitioner of, of slavery. Uh, my view is that after the Holocaust, and you could give some other times, maybe you can say after Ukraine, but after the Holocaust, There is no room for anybody to really say there is natural law. Um, People are good. People have a sense of justice. Yeah. Murdering little children, putting them in gas chambers just because they were born Jewish. How do you explain that human beings are capable of of doing that if you think human beings are endowed with a a sense of justice where you can say certain human beings are, certain human beings aren't, but then how do you decide which of them determine what is natural law? But, you know, what's the alternative to natural law? Positive law, that didn't survive the Holocaust either. It didn't survive the Holocaust. The Germans had positive law. 
They had laws on their books, which allowed them to do some of the things they did. So, you know, I have a different view. I have a third view. I've written about this. You can read my books. I believe law is not natural and it's not positive. Law to me is a process. It's a mechanism for deciding in a democracy whose views prevail. Um, there is no absolute right or wrong. I think there are absolute wrongs. But I wrote a book called Rights and Wrongs, which I lay out my philosophy. And in it, I reject both moral, uh, natural law and, and positive law. And I come up with something I call experiential law. Uh, and it's based on process. It's based on procedure. For me, law is the mechanism, checks and balances, the First Amendment, uh, channels of, uh, of democracy, voting. And in the end, the best we can do is create a process that allows us to determine what's right, what's wrong for now. You know, that process determined that slavery was just uh, and was natural and was part of God's order. They cite, you know, the book of Genesis and Abraham uh, having, having, having slaves. Uh, when I used to teach at Harvard Law School course to freshmen, I would give them brilliant lectures by natural law uh, philosophers justifying slavery. And th there were philosophers, uh, Heidegger and others, who justified Nazism. Um, you know, the devil can cite the Bible and the devil can cite the law. And for me, the only satisfying definition of law is a process, a process by which we decide what is truth, what is just, what is fair, what is due process. Uh, and that will change over time. I don't believe there are any absolutes. But you have a right to disagree with that, as many of my writers do. Uh, I'm just reading three or four of them about Jefferson, about Thomas Aquinas. I'm completely familiar with the literature and natural law. I'm, I know what it is. I know what's not making Mike makes right. I know it's more sophisticated. I just fundamentally don't agree with it. I don't agree you can find uh, principles that grow out of human desire for, 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 for justice. As we said, even yesterday, the Ten Commandments, no prohibition of rape in the Ten Commandments because it was man's law, not woman's law. Women were property at the time that was regarded as natural. Okay, I think I probably have to take my leave now. Sorry that it's early. Uh, we'll have a chance to pick up on many of these issues. And, uh, you know, if you want to wish me luck on my court appearance, I'm happy to take that. But uh, I have to go now and, and appear in front of a judge. So thanks, and I'll see you next week. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.